Hi, folks. Uh, the episode you're about to hear was originally recorded um, all together with next week's episode. We originally did it at, um, all together, and afterward, it was an hour and a half long, and so we decided to split it up into two episodes. So as you listen to it, uh, we're going to be talking as though it's all one episode, and but it isn't. So uh, I want to let you know that on the front end. Um, we're about to start talking about the the um, mini series uh, called The Chosen uh, with my good friend and drama professor uh, Brendan Taylor, and um, you're going to hear the first part, which is just kind of a little series overview, uh, and then uh, next week um, we're going to talk about episode one, and then there will be one episode for every episode of the series after. But I did want to let you know on the front end. Um, some of the, some of the way we talk about it sounds like we're going to do this all in this episode and it's not, we decided to split it up. So anyway, uh, enjoy yourself. I hope you enjoy the episode. Please stay tuned for what I think is going to be a great series. Hi folks, this is Ron Longwell, and I'm glad you're here today for another episode of the Jesus Society Podcast, a conversation exploring the relationship, renewal, and purpose in the kingdom of God. Uh, this is episode 33 of the Jesus Society Podcast, and it is a special day to hear a special day here today because Brendan Taylor is in the house. Hello. <laughs> Howdy. Howdy duty. Um, so we're gonna talk um, and I mentioned last week we're going to talk about um, the, um, the the movie series. I guess it's called a movie. What, what do we call it? Miniseries. Miniseries. You say, yeah, you can say miniseries. The, the Chosen. Um, and if you haven't seen The Chosen, you really should. Um, I, I put out a, I, I did a poll on our Facebook group the other day because we were originally talking about just doing one episode. Like we were going to just do one podcast episode where we discussed The Chosen. But as Brendan and I were talking about this, and I'll tell you why I've got Brendan here in just a minute, um, we we started thinking about maybe doing one podcast episode for every episode of The Chosen, and there are eight episodes. And I wasn't quite sure how how that would work, and whether 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 you frankly frankly uh, whether you all would like that. So we put a poll up on our Facebook group. Um, we didn't have a, a, a whole ton of responses, but the ones we did were overwhelmingly in favor of um, of doing one podcast episode for every episode of The Chosen. So that's what we're going to do. So there's going to be eight of these. So today we're going to kind of do a little overview and then talk about episode one. And I'll tell you why I've got Brendan here. Tell Because me. I will. <laughs> I will tell people why I have you here. Um, Brendan is a drama, he has a background in drama, he is a drama professor at Motlow Community College. Motlow State Motlo Community State College. Community MSCC. College. MSCC. We don't mess with those dirty MCC folks. <laughs> yeah, so um, so he's got a, dr- a drama background. So I do not really have a drama background other than I played Og the Leprechaun in um, Finian's <laughs> Rainbow. Oh, hey. In, in high school. Wow. Yes, I was the leprechaun. Yes. 
That is the extent of my drama. And I like movies. So that's, you know, it. But I'm, I, I tend to be very uncritical in my uh, approach to movies. I like it or I don't like it. And that's it, really all we have. It does. <laughs> that's, it does. that's really all anyone yeah. can go on. Yeah, just, it, I, do I like it or do I not like it? Well, <laughs> it doesn't go, doesn't go much beyond that. Anyway, so we're going to, we're going to kind of unpack um, the chosen. I'll just tell you up front, I like it. I like it a lot. I have watched every, um, you know, Jesus movie that has come down the pike in the last 20, 30 years. And this one's special. Um, and, and as we get into it, we'll, we'll kind of talk about, about why that is. Um, but uh, The Chosen is an eight-part dramatic representation of the life of, of Jesus. Um, according to the show's creator, Dallas Jenkins, who I don't know, do we know him from anything else? Well, uh, we may not know him, but we know his dad. Who's his dad? Uh, Jerry B. Jenkins. Okay, who uh, is Jerry B. Jenkins? Okay, so <laughs> uh, he was one of the co-authors of the Left Behind series uh, from from okay. way back when. Okay, you know, yeah. back in the nineties, back, back in the good <laughs> which old days. nowadays counts as way back when. Yeah, back in the old days. So yeah, so yeah, that's uh that's okay. Uh, that's Jerry B. Jenkins' son, Dallas. Okay, see, I did not know that. All right, so he's got some um, he's got some storytelling in his in his family. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. so according to him. Uh, the goal of The Chosen is, uh, quote, to show Jesus through the eyes of those who met him. So in other words, how did the people around him experience Jesus? I think that's an excellent way to try to go at this, right? Because Jesus has come into our world and we experience him, right? Um, so as we talk about this, we, we've got to keep it, keep that in mind, right? That that's, that's his... Um, that's his uh, lens through which he's trying to create this this show. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, Brendan, when, when we critique dramatic performances, there's some there's some ways to do that in the dramatic world, right? There's some there's some frameworks for for critique, sure. right? And and yeah. you there's a few of them you wanted to talk about or or one anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. So totally. how do we how do we fairly evaluate a, a dramatic presentation well um i always go back to uh, I, I joke about how to say his name uh, on paper it looks like goethe but it's uh, pr- pronounced gutha uh, johann wolf johann wolfgang von gutha he was a he was a critic in the early 1800s which may seem like a very far away time but his uh, his way of approaching dramatic criticism I think is still relevant. And he basically boiled it down to three questions. Uh, one, what is the artist trying to do? Two, are they doing it well? And then three, is it worth doing it all? So with those three questions, I personally, I try to rein in my criticism uh, through those three questions. Uh, and with with the first question we already have answered, you know Dallas Jenkins. He says he wants this show to be a, uh, you know what what you just said. Uh, he wants it to show the, to show Jesus through the eyes of those who met through him. the eyes yeah, of those yeah. who met him. So then, as a 21st century filmmaker, he has many many tools and techniques at his disposal to do that. Uh, and where we can t- think about something, no something believed to be uh, 
or what? Well, well, see, this is where, this is where I get tongue tied. Uh, so, another part of criticism is uh, evaluating the technical excellence. Yeah. So, talk, uh, so talk about that. How do, how do we how do we do that? Obviously, technical excellence meant something different in the eighteen hundreds than it is today. Well, it did mean something different back then, uh, but uh, again, it, it goes into um, again. You've got that. You've got the panoply of tools and techniques at the artist's disposal, uh, and basically, how well. Uh, the question is, how well are they using those tools and how well are they using those techniques uh, to to do what they set out to do? So for for Dallas Jenkins and his production team, you can think of it as, well, they have they have camera tricks, they have uh, you know access to a studio, they have uh, they have a script, which thus the script itself is just another one of those tools uh, in order to produce the final, dramatic result right and it's it's up to us as critics if we want to be critics you know uh or discerning audience members if you want to put it that way it's up to us to then you know judge for ourselves well is he doing this in a way that that integrates with what he's setting out to do right right so, right so that, that and that's just always a question to have in the back of your head so. okay okay gotcha gotcha so uh, one of the one of the pieces of all this that i want to talk about because every time there's a every time there's a movie made or, or any kind of dramatic representation of anything biblical one of the one of the things that always comes up that gets people's nose out of joint is um, the the feeling that in this way or that way or whatever little minutiae kind of way that um, you're not being faithful to the biblical text well obviously we both care about being faithful to the biblical text Mm-hmm. But there's there's this issue of creative license that comes into play. Anytime you, and and it's really anytime you try to take a book into a movie. I my, I always talk about um, the um, uh, the um, the Harry Potter books because mm-hmm. I read all those yeah. and I've seen all the movies. And the first book, um, it was a th- rather thin book. And so yeah. if you compare the thin yeah. the, the first book to the movie. Like they managed to pack everything, pretty much everything in the book into the movie. But as you moved further through that series, the uh, all of a sudden, like the books are, there's way too much material to, to put into a movie. And so they had to start pulling things out. And when you pull things out, you have to augment the flow of the story to make things fit. And by the time they got to the Deathly Hallows, that's one book, they made it into two movies mm-hmm. and they still didn't get everything in there. Yeah. So, um, at, at the, on the, and I don't, I don't remember now if they put this little thing, this little, um, when you watch the chosen on, I saw it on the first episode. I don't remember seeing it on the other episodes, but it may be there and I just ignored it right at the very beginning of the episode. They put this little, um, this little, this text on screen and and I'll read it to you. Yeah. Kind of a disclaimer. Yeah. And, and it's to address things like this. Here's what, here's what it says. The Chosen is based on the true stories of the Gospels of Jesus Christ. Some locations and timelines have been combined or condensed. Backstories and some characters or, characters or dialogue have been added. However, all biblical and historical context and any artistic imagination 
are designed to support the truth and intention of the scriptures. Viewers are encouraged to read the Gospels. The original names, locations, and phrases have, have been transliterated into English for anything spoken. Okay, so, so they put that little disclaimer up there. They're letting you know there's some artistic representation that they have to do, mm-hmm. but they're trying to, they're trying to, in whatever choices they make, they're trying to do so in a way that, that supports the faithfulness of the biblical narrative. So what can you add to all that? Like the challenges of the challenges involved in bringing a written story to life on screen and what, you know, some of the things you, you just have to do in order to do some fudging and filling of all that. Right. Uh, well, I mean, when it, from just from what I, I think I've observed, uh, anytime anything is adapted from a pre-existing text, uh, there's the, there's the first step of distilling from the text, the, the main action of the plot. Like those, those plot points that are moving the story forward, those you have to get down because that's, that's what fills out your, your artistic product, whatever it is, whether it's a film, a play, or anything. So you've, you've got to get those main plot points distilled, and I, and I use that word specifically, because uh, there's, there's a lot of things in the text that the author put in there to paint the picture. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying that's, that's the wrong thing to do. Obviously, if you're writing something, you want to, you, you got to give your account, you know, whether it's uh, biblical text or whether it's any kind of text. Uh, you've got to paint the picture for your audience, right? Right. With filmmaking, it's a different medium. Therefore, I think it has different demands uh, on the on the on the end of the artist. Uh, whereas a whereas a an author can use words to paint the picture, filmmakers and dramatists have to have to fill in the have to paint the picture visually. Visually, yeah. So. Uh-huh. Uh, so of course you've got to you've got to take that into account uh, with biblical text in particular, uh, especially in the Gospels. Who, uh, not who, the Gospels uh, which follow a a narrative structure, right? They they have a beginning, they have a middle, they have an end, they have a a central character, they have a uh, a focus point. Uh, <clears throat> if you want to if you want to call Jesus in the Gospel a protagonist. Maybe you could. I I don't know. I I'd, I'd think about that. We'll, we'll, we'll get to the, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> but yeah. When it when it comes to um, adapting it from a text to screen or even to stage, uh, you just it's it, because it's a different medium. Uh, different artists have different ways of filling in the gaps. Yeah. And well, it, and, and it's and, all well. Uh, just real quick, just to yeah, uh, go ahead. Yeah, just to say that it it's all to enhance the effect of the main action on the audience. Yeah, right. It's, it's all to build up to that climactic moment. Yeah. It's and not, the gospel writers yeah. do that too. Yes, yes. Yeah, because re- remember, the life of ministry of Jesus is three and a half years. Mm-hmm. You're not covering three and a half years and getting every moment of those three and a half years in in any one or all of the gospels, right? So, so there's some picking and choosing. Um, some curation there there is there absolutely is in the gospels they the different writers will put um different elements of the life in jesus of in different orders mm-hmm. because they're making a point um the 
The one thing I've learned in, in sort of studying early Christianity is there's a lot of things that we're concerned about in the 21st century that they just weren't concerned about, you know, um, specific, um, well, what we're talking about here, getting everything in perfect chronological order, that's just not a big deal in the way that it is today, mm-hmm. right? So so you have, to, you have to take all that into consideration and you're building a story that, that has a point, that has a, a, a direction and a flow and a, and a goal, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it reminds me, isn't there a, like some, I think it's at the end of John where the book of John, where he says, um, and Jesus went on to do, or, or something, I should have looked this up before we started recording. Uh, but he, uh, but he says, basically, uh, the things counted in this book are just a, this is this is yeah, this is from the BLT translation, the uh, the the Brendan's lazy translation. But basically, what's presented in this book is a is a summary of all the things that he did. But yeah. if I were to include everything he did, then I wouldn't have enough room. All or, the books or, in the world, or all the books in the world wouldn't have enough room. Right. right. So yeah. So yeah. Totally. There's this. There's yeah, this and idea. he even says, but these have been written. The the things he yes. has included. Yes. And and then he tells you what his agenda is, and he mm-hmm. has an agenda. I've 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 put these things together so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's curating the 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 life and ministry of Jesus, picking and choosing the specific events and dialogues that he wants to put together in a, in a specific way to make a case. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and that's and that's fine. So so here's what I think we want to do in this in this series. Um, obviously we want to, we want to, as we evaluate this and talk about it, we want to evaluate it on how faithfully it, it, it holds to the story of Jesus because there, you know, there've been, there have been like the, um, the, the Noah's flood, um, movie with Russell Crowe. Do you remember that? Noah. Yeah. No, is that what it was called? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just called Noah. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Oh, my word. I remember it. (laughs) Yeah. That was horrible. Let me, let me. I'll, I'll say this: I appreciated it for its technical aspects. Well, yeah, but the story was way out there. It was way out there. Yeah, yeah. They they took a long boat um, away from the biblical narrative on on that. Um, so pun intended, right? So, yes. So we want to we want to be we want to pay attention to how well are they doing in telling the story of Jesus? How well are they are they being faithful to it? Mm-hmm. But I I also want to do this like we want to point out the, the 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 parts of this from a from a dramatic side that help tell the story, but I I want to do this and this is kind of where my heart is in all this. I want to do this with a sensitive eye toward toward ministry mm-hmm. and and I really want to pay attention to how Jesus transforms the lives of people that he that he encounters in all this and and talk about not just the way they've made the movie but what like how they show Jesus and how he's interacting with people and how he's how he's changing their lives and and try as much as possible maybe to draw us the one thing i love about stories like this about um on-screen depictions of of first century Judaism and Jesus is that they give us a the, the visual part of it, right? It gives us mm-hmm. something to hang our hats on 
in, when we read this, the, the stories. Not that it's not that any on-screen thing is equal to scripture, but but boy, sometimes just imagining for those of us who don't know what life in first century Palestine was like, um, just being able to see some of that stuff and and sort of imagine, okay, this is maybe what this looked like. I think that's helpful for us. So I want to be I want to I want to pay attention to to those kinds of things and. And, and we want to do our part, I think, and I think you would agree, in this conversation or this series of conversations about the chosen to, to do our part in telling the story of Jesus. Sure. Right? I, I, you're right. I do agree. <laughs> I thought you would. Yeah. Um, okay. So kind of, kind of just a, a, this is a sort of a broad overview discussion of the whole series in total and we'll hit every episode we're going to do episode one in just a minute but what are some things that you really liked about the series in general do i need to read these to you because you you wrote them you wrote them you wrote these but you <laughs> no, don't have you don't I, have them in front of you do I I, need to read well them? I, I do have them in front of me but, okay but, I, but i'm trying to i'm trying to tune into the conversation <laughs> rather than uh anyway here well first uh so, so I have seen the entire series. Yeah. Uh, not, both, the, oh, not, the series, not the series, but the season. Because the it'll season. Be, right. That's right. There, right is a, there, yeah. there is more to come. There is, a, uh, <laughs> there is a season two. By the way, let me, let me just tell you real quick how, um, if you haven't seen it uh, and you want to know where you can go to see it, this is, this is a different kind of thing than we've seen before, as far as I know. You, you, you're not going to go to Netflix and see it. You're not going to go to the theater and see it. You're not going to go to Amazon Prime or iTunes or any of those places. If you want to watch it, you have to. there's an app that you can download, download on your phone or your tablet or you know computer, whatever. It's the chosen app, and you can get it wherever you get apps. And um, this is free. You, like, you do not have to pay money to watch these. Now... They will ask you at the start of every episode if you'd like to donate, and they're they're using the donations to to pay for the production of the of the thing, right? So, mm -hmm. um, we were we we watched the the first I think three or four episodes and didn't pay anything, but it was so good. We were about halfway in, and we said, "This is this is worth supporting." So we bought the whole season. We paid for the whole season. And um, they're now, um, at last I heard, and you may have heard something, Brendan, more current than this, they're a half or two-thirds of the way, maybe more, toward getting the second season fully funded. Mm. So, so it's kind of a crowdfunded sort of thing. Like anybody can watch it. They wanted, they wanted to give this the broadest possible audience. They also wanted to be a little independent of the, of the major networks and distribution services. So it's an app. And you can watch it; doesn't cost you a thing. But boy, if you like it, I would encourage you to, you know, support it. Support it. Yeah. Donate and financially. Financially. <laughs> financially. Yes. Yes. Um, so that's how you watch this, and it is. I think I'm going to go on a limb and lay all my cards on the table on the front end. I think this uh -oh. is the best depiction of Jesus that we have ever seen mm. on screen. So there you go. So I am biased. <laughs> going into this discussion of it, um, I'll tell you right up front, I like it. So, so the 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 parts of the thing of the series that that you really liked. Yeah, uh, I would say for for me the 
the most compelling thing so far has been the depiction of the miracles. Okay, so why? What like what do you what why I couldn't tell you other than when I watch it I feel like I feel uh the the gutturalness, if that's even a word. I feel the I feel the emotional over the overwhelming emotional uh wave, if you want to say that. Uh even in this first episode, which we'll you know, we'll talk talk a little bit later, but when Jesus heals Mary, that just the the way they the way they depicted that yeah is very compelling. Uh, yeah, and we and we are gonna we're gonna flesh that out. And the, by the way, there's spoilers. Yeah. Like if you haven't seen it, we're we're gonna be giving some spoilers away. Right. So just just well, be aware if you if you if you would rather see it first before you listen to us, you should stop this you know pretty quickly here, and go watch it and then come back. But we're you know, if you haven't seen it, you're gonna we're gonna spoil some things for you. But, but Ron, let's be honest. The Bible's been written for a couple thousand <laughs> years now. If they haven't read the Bible, then <laughs> chances are they're probably not listening to this podcast. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. So, so spoilers, <laughs> spoilers notwithstanding, yeah. though. Yeah, we, we are going to talk about spoilers. So, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So, for, so for me personally, the first thing that jumps out again, the miracles, and you know, I don't. I mean, do you want to talk about? Certain miracles, well, not or not, or, or save it to when we get to so those episodes. So Mary, which you mentioned, we're yes. we're going to talk about that here yes. in, the, in this episode. So yes. we'll we'll hold that. But 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 yeah, I would agree. the 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 way they the way they do those, it's um, you, you know, we we read the Bible, and we read those stories, and sometimes it, you know, in just a few verses, Jesus has healed somebody or, or done something. But when you when you read them that quick, sometimes you. You know, it's you don't think about what this person's life was like that he that he healed or that he you know whatever, Um, and seeing that and understanding the the depths of despair that some of the people were were delivered from by Jesus, Mm -hmm. like that's big, that's powerful stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna get into some of that. Um, so what what else? What else do you really like about this? I I also appreciate the language in the in the in the series. Uh, it's very it's very accessible. I don't think it sounds too churchy. I think it's I think yeah. it's very personable. Yeah. Now now I will say this: there are times where I I was I was kind, I kind of felt like they shoehorned scripture into a few places where where it feels like an important scene. Then, then the dialogue became scripture, or the, or the like the di- like like what, like what? Do you have an example? Uh, off the top of my head, and this isn't this won't be for another few episodes, but uh, the the Nicodemus conversation in with which, Jesus with Jesus yeah. uh, because in in that it does sound like the dialogue is quoting scripture uh, word for word, which which for me it kind of takes me out of the moment. Uh, it takes me out of the emotional moment and flips the switch in my head saying, Oh, this isn't emotional. This is intellectual now. Uh, so few, few examples like that happen throughout the series, but overall I do appreciate the freshness of the language. Yeah. The, they're, the, these are not, um, you know, I, for some, for some strange reason, we're, we're used to seeing Jesus movies where everybody speaks with a British accent. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't yep. know I don't know why we, we've decided that they sound 
a holier or something when they when they speak with a British accent. I don't know, man. It's these but yeah. the the people the people the actors and their and their dialogue in the chosen. For the most part, it's it's pretty American. Although they do try to kind of put sort of a Palestinian um, lilt. If that's the, is that the right word? Maybe, maybe, like, yeah. Like a, like a sound in the dialect. Yeah, or... there's a there's a little bit of that. So you you know you you're not you don't get the idea that you're listening to just a bunch of American actors or British actors or or you know modern actors mm-hmm. like they have mm-hmm. they have kind of a, a Middle Eastern sort of um, accent in the way that they say the English words. But it's you know it it is they 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 choose language. I think they even said that. Um, yeah, the original names, locations, and phrases have been translated, transliterated into English mm-hmm. for anything spoken. So they're, you know, they're trying to make this accessible for modern, for the, for the 21st modern century, yeah. yeah, 21st century audience. Sure, sure. Because well, I, I don't think anyone from the 17th century is going to be watching this, watching this series. Probably not. So. <laughs> Probably not. So yeah, you gotta, yes. you gotta cater yes. to the audience a little bit. So, so, so what else do you like about this? So, so the, you had three things. Yeah. I got, I got to pull up the list here. Oh, the characterizations. Yeah. Yeah. The characterizations of, of really everyone. And this morning, uh, this morning before we recorded, I I watched the first episode again, or I kind of, I kind of watched it with one eye and then, you know, did some, did some schoolwork with the other eye, but, uh, so you were multitasking. I was, I was trying to multitask. Yeah. Trying being the key word. Was I successful? We'll find out. Uh, <laughs> but but the the humanization, dare I use that word, the humanization of the of the biblical characters, I think is is fantastic. Yeah. I think it's um I think that's that's part of what's going to make this series, not just this season, but what's going to make this series successful in the wrong in the long run. Yeah. Because we're we're seeing the humanizations of not just Jesus, but also everyone that he came into contact with. Yeah. And really, and, and I've thought about this, and, and we and we could talk about this too uh, later if you want to, or right now. So you know, or or right now. Um, but it's almost like the other characters, maybe in biblical, in when you're reading scripture, when I'm reading scripture, it seems like the the other characters that aren't Jesus are kind of like frames frames of reference uh, so that we can see Jesus move through the story hmm. whereas in this series it's almost like the character those other characters are the protagonists along with Jesus yeah yeah I know like, what you mean you know what yeah and it, it just yeah. it it makes it feel it's fuller it's yeah it's richer it's I think it's that's just part of that's in my opinion I think that's part of good storytelling yeah, and like you, the the characterizations were like it was. That's one of my big things that I love in this. Mm-hmm. I I love, you know, most of the. Uh, I I think back to the to the other Jesus movies, and and some of them are quite good. Mm-hmm. So I'm not being critical of all those, but but in my in my mind, Jesus always comes off. Um, being almost kind of kind of uh, otherworldly, mm. uh, you, you know, like they get his they get his divinity, like they get that captured. Yeah. What they don't often do as good a job on is his humanity, and he was, you know, the Bible's clear; he was fully fully God, fully human. 
And his humanity made him one of us. His divinity made him not quite one of us. So those things are intention. Mm-hmm. And I feel like most of the other movies, they get the part of the divinity part, but they don't do a great job with humanity. The Chosen does such a good job of showing Jesus as, as human. He's part of his world, part of the world in which he lived, first century Palestine. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, and, and you'll see, you just see that in a different way as you, as you go through this. I, I love that. And, and everybody else too, I love seeing, um, I love seeing the characters fleshed out a little bit more, their lives, their, mm-hmm. their day-to-day struggles. You know, what was it like for Peter be, to be a fisherman? That they show that well in the first couple episodes. A fisherman plus a gambler plus a fighter plus everything else. Yeah, yeah, yes, and <laughs> we're, yeah, we're going to talk about Peter. A yeah, we're gonna, yeah, we're going to get to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I thought, you know, I mean, they filled in some blanks there. Certainly, they read between the lines, but I think they did it in a fair, even-handed way. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't seen anybody in this first season that I thought uh, you you blew that. I I thought they did a great job of bringing those characters to life in a way that makes them maybe even more relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, I, I really think this, this um, The Chosen is going to help us read Scripture better in the ways that some other books have done. I won't get off on that track. But um, the other thing that I really liked about this, I'm a, I'm a bit of a, a, an early church historian um uh, and for the most part the way that they depicted um jewish life in the first century is pretty spot on um they did a great job with all that um and rooting this in a in a in a genuinely first century context was was well very well done mm-hmm. I think I suppose I suppose somebody will find some things to critique there um, but I thought they did a great job w- with all of that um, so because because in the modern world if you're gonna if you're gonna do a critique you have to find things you don't like too so your your opinion's yeah. not valid unless you unless you find things you don't like um, which I've talked about critical thinking yeah. in the past you know so you have to be critical but there were some things that you found i'm no good at this sort of stuff if i like it i like it it's just it's always hard, been hard for me to if i think it's good overall i i you know i don't nitpick um not that you're nitpicking not <laughs> saying that you're nitpicking at all but there were some things that you said you you that didn't work for you as well so yeah so Full disclosure, uh, the first thing I wrote down was a joke. <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm so, yeah, so, I, yeah. I, I looked at that <laughs> after you after you said that. I went back and we watched the first episode again, and I thought, I don't see that at all. You know? Okay. So okay. So so okay. So listen, dear listeners, gather around and listen. <laughs> listen when I tell you that uh, in preparation for this, Ron and I started a like a, a Google Doc that we could share between each other and just and just fill in notes. And, and in the Google doc, uh, we t- there was a little space for what we didn't like and what we didn't like about the, about the show. And I just, I made a little note about the Romans helmets looking like Bullwinkle's antlers. <laughs> and, 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 and honestly, and again, rewatching it this morning, 
I'm still convinced that they the way the flaps hang down on the side of their faces, not the top, yeah, not not the top where that brush is or whatever or whatever you want to call that. I don't know what an what a Roman army helmet is. I just know what well, I those, see on screen. Those look every every depiction of a Roman army helmet I've ever seen looked just like those. So they well. Some, something just caught me off guard and and whenever I see one now like whenever someone's like riding horseback or or like when Quintus is walking up to Nicodemus's uh, chariot thing chariot, it's yeah. not, not really a chariot yeah yeah um, whatever it's called yeah you know, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But he's just walking up, and and they're those flaps. They're just flapping. <laughs> it yeah. looked like a pair of boxing gloves just hanging off of his head. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. But that was supposed to be a joke. Uh, so uh, now I will say this one one thing that yeah, check check my levels. I know no, you're good. I can you're get good. boisterous. Yeah, you're good. Um, one of the expectations that I had going into watching this was seeing Jesus struggle with doubt, insecurity, with fear, with sadness, with anger, with really any kind of emotion. The full range of human emotion. Yeah, the full range of human of human emotion. I yeah, yeah, I like that. And in the first couple of episodes, I didn't get to see that. Yeah. So that that kind of made me a little bit resentful and a little bit of bitter. But I stuck with it though. And later on in the series, we see those moments of Jesus where he, he does struggle with doubt. He does struggle with fear. And I, well, actually, I wouldn't even say he struggles with it. He feels it, but he knows how to deal with it properly. Right. He knows how to uh, not be bogged down in emotion, but actually turn that into energy to make something happen for either his, uh, for his ministry, even if it's just for the people he's trying to help. Yeah. Right. He he knows how to turn that internal emotional uh, tension and turn that into energy for something good. Yeah. So so that being said, I, I will admit, and this is this is a bias that I have too. I always feel like whenever Jesus is on film, he is uh, sacrosanct. He is untouchable with human emotion. Yeah. Uh, he is. It's like he's too good to feel what he right. must feel yeah totally totally above us and beyond us and, exactly yeah so yeah. so in the first couple of episodes i i felt like oh man everyone else around jesus is human they are real they feel things but jesus isn't feeling anything yet yeah but now in fairness in the first episode you don't we don't see jesus until the last exactly like yeah. two minutes of the first episode which we'll talk about that but yeah 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 so so going into it that that was a a bitter moment that I had but that that I haven't I have changed my mind since then yeah and that I do think I do think Jesus in this series is very human and yeah. is very personable except uh, accessible relatable you know whatever yeah. adjective you want to throw in there yeah so so that that was my one critique uh the the quote humanity of Jesus yeah so yeah yeah, and I and I I think I, I agree. I think by the time you get to see Jesus a little more, you see that, and, that, and that's like I said, that's one of the things I really liked is that he yeah he yeah. becomes a lot more relatable, mm-hmm. and, and not just this God from on high who came to walk among us, but really wasn't anything like us, which is totally different from Scripture. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed that um, that discussion with Brendan uh, about the uh, kind of an overview of the series. 
Uh, as I said at the beginning, at the very beginning, just remember that um, the second part of this conversation uh, will be, um, you can tune in next week. It'll be episode 34, I think. Uh, and we will talk next week about episode uh, one of, uh, of the miniseries, The Chosen. I uh, hope you enjoyed this. Uh, look forward to having you back next week and for the next, uh, at least the next series of episodes as we talk about this, um, what we think is a great movie. And so with that, I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope you'll join us again next week. Uh, as always, we would appreciate if you'd tell others about the podcast. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us, review us on iTunes or, or wherever you go to get your podcast. Please visit our Facebook group for the Jesus Society podcast. Um, feel free to suggest topics for episodes, ask questions, share your own story about the how the Father is loving you and transforming you. And check out our website, thejesussociety.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, you are greatly loved.